Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Educator Essential, the podcast where we talk with our members about success stories, best practices, and strategies for faculty, preceptors, and those involved in the education of the pharmacy workforce. My name is Gina Galanu-Muchin. I'm the director of the section of pharmacy educators and section of community pharmacy practitioners at ASHP. And today I will serve as your host. We have with us today two exciting guests, Drs. Emily Cohen and Molly McGraw from UPMC Health Plan about the four preceptor roles and how incorporating them into a resident's learning curriculum throughout the year helps them to be more successful preceptors. So thank you so much for joining us, Emily and Molly, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to have you. I want to just start by saying I met Molly and Emily during the National Pharmacy Preceptors Conference when they were presenting the poster about their research project. So you both did an excellent job. And we thought that for those of you who didn't have a chance to visit or stop by the poster, maybe we can start by learning about your program. So tell us a little bit about how you started and how you infuse the four preceptor roles within your resident learning year. Absolutely. Just for some background about our residency program, UPMC Health Plan is part of an integrated delivery finance system. We are affiliated with both UPMC and the University of Pittsburgh. We have had a PGY-1 managed care pharmacy residency program for over 10 years now. Cannot believe that. But when I came on board as the residency program director around over two years ago, I knew that we had a wonderful program with a vast amount of experiences for our residents. But the one thing I wanted to focus in on was ensuring that we were providing our residents with the core skills needed to excel as a pharmacist in the managed care arena. So we know that the practice of pharmacy is constantly changing. And to really offer a competitive residency, we need to change and adapt along with that. We made some adjustments to our program to really offer more focused and dedicated learning experiences in some of those key core competency areas, such as prior authorization, specialty pharmacy, clinical program outreach, as well as quality, while still maintaining those unique elective and learning experience opportunities that we've always had. In addition, the preceptor team really enhanced the activities embedded in some of our longitudinal learning experiences, including teaching and preceptorship, which Emily precepts and really is the focus of our talk today. Historically, we have always used the four preceptor roles to build out our resident learning within our learning experiences, but Emily has done a fantastic job in really enhancing her learning experience structure to specifically use those four preceptor roles as the pillars of her teaching preceptorship longitudinal experience. Oh, thanks so much, Molly. Yeah, so this is my second year serving as a residency preceptor for our teaching and longitudinal preceptorship rotation. I've always had a passion for, you know, teaching and preceptorship and and have taken on various formal and informal preceptor roles throughout my pharmacy career. So I was, I'm involved with our Appy students and I'm a preceptor for Appy students. And then I'm also heavily involved in, you know, new pharmacist training. And so when I came on two years ago to the residency program to work as the teaching and 
preceptorship preceptor, you know, I felt very lucky to join an already well-established program. And I've really enjoyed working with our residency team to really bring, you know, a fresh perspective and new ideas to the rotation. So, you know, as Molly said, you know, we've always had a pretty solid program. Our longitudinal teaching experience has always had a natural progression, right? In that the resident spends time learning about our established API rotation structure, and then observing our API preceptor in action, followed by the resident taking on the role as the primary preceptor for the API student. So our updated longitudinal teaching and preceptorship rotation model really continues with that longitudinal progression, but it adds in more structure. So by formally assigning, you know, each quarter or block of the rotation, a different preceptor role to focus on, it really ensures that the rotation is true longitudinal experience. So, you know, that we're offering opportunities throughout the entire year and also making sure that the resident not only has a deep understanding of the poor preceptor roles, but is also comfortable, you know, utilizing these different roles in practice when they're engaged in teaching and preceptorship. Kind of how we integrate this model of assigning a different preceptor role to each quarter of the rotation. For us, it looks like utilizing our API student rotation program to help reinforce this. We integrate this model into our site by using our API student rotation program, which is our focused educational initiative. So for us, that looks like, you know, during the first quarter or instructing block, you know, we have the resident meet with our API student preceptor for an in-depth review of our current program. The preceptor meets with the resident a few times during that first quarter just to review the current program that we have and the current assignments that we offer to students and discuss things like scheduling and expectations that we have for students. So really just talking about like the ins and outs of how the program functions, right? We also work with the resident and identify, you know, possibilities for program improvements to enhance student learning. So talking about things that can add value to our rotation. So either adding in a topic discussion on quality and NCQA or, you know, developing a new case-based MTM assignment. So, you know, I share my ideas for improvement that I have based off my knowledge of the program with the resident, but I also have the resident kind of independently analyze what we're doing right now and make their own recommendations. So, you know, I really look to the resident to propose, you know, new ideas for our students because they were most recently a student, right? So, and we can draw and learn from their recent rotation experiences. I think one of the drivers for me in like making a good rotation and a good experience is, is based off of the struggles that I had, you know, as a student and, and what I wish a preceptor would have been. So, you know, I think that it's really valuable to listen to our residents and our students and kind of learn from them on how we can better precept and create these better programs. So, you know, that's quarter one for us, just kind of instructing on what's happening. So then quarter two or the modeling block allows the resident to observe our preceptor with the API students in action with our rotation students. So at UPMC Health Plan, we have a really robustly structured API rotation program. And as the preceptor for the resident, you know, we make sure that the resident really sees and is aware of every aspect of the rotation program and is able to observe the preceptor with the students. So we have the resident attend, you know, everything from journal clubs to formal evaluations to informal check-ins. And, you know, I tell the resident that I would never expect them to precept, you know, an experience that they have not first observed. So I want to make sure that the resident's comfortable and confident, you know, when they're in that driver's seat. So to me, this is, you know, one of the most important quarters of that rotation is, you know, quarter two or the modeling block. And then quarter three is the coaching block. And that's where 
we allow the resident to now function as the preceptor for, you know, our API students. You know, they've spent four plus months becoming comfortable with the program and understanding how it works. And, you know, in this block, the resident really learns by teaching to teach, you know. Here we have the resident precept the students in our established program while also incorporating a new rotation activity that they have created themselves based on the identification of program improvements back in that first quarter that they've identified. So as a preceptor in this block, I observe all resident and student interactions so I can provide feedback or guidance. But, you know, I really take a step back here and let the resident really take charge. I know I said that quarter two was important so that the resident could see modeling of of all that teaching, but quarter three really is my favorite as a preceptor because I love to see, you know, the resident's confidence really soar during this block. And then our final quarter or facilitation block, you know, allows the resident to independently precept the new student activity that they've created for each student that comes along on the site for the remainder of the year. So personally, as a preceptor myself, I appreciate that the role gives me an opportunity to be creative and, you know, constantly evaluate how I can improve learning objectives. So by having the resident continue to precept the activity that they created, it allows them that same, you know, creative opportunity to make changes and enhance their learning activity based on student feedback and observation. Excellent overview. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, Molly, for kind of setting up that background for us. So it really sounds that the framework follows the four preceptor roles closely. So you start with the instruction block, and then you go to modeling, and then you go to coaching, and then you go to facilitation. So it's a nice sequence of events as the resident progresses. So in thinking about the program, it's structured really intentionally. So I wanted to learn more and share with our audience, what gave you the idea for building it this way and making this process part of the learning experience of your resident? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So something that I'm really passionate about within our program is our commitment to completing what we call an annual program evaluation. So, you know, it's great in farm academic where we do have that regular feedback on the learning experiences as the year progresses. But one thing that we do at the end of the year is really kind of compile all that information. And then in addition, we have kind of a separate strategy to incorporate even more feedback about our program. So within our annual program evaluation process, we do solicit feedback from all participants within the residency program, whether they're direct participants or more indirect participants. So pharmacy management and leaders, preceptors, and obviously the residents. So what I do is really compile this feedback and specifically it's nice to hone in on the things that we do well, you know, the wins of the program and really celebrate that. But in addition to that, we also try to identify where are our areas of opportunity. And a couple of years ago, we did have some residents provide some feedback where they wished they would have had a little bit more activities and opportunities to really further develop their skills as a preceptor. And so we took that and we kind of ran with it. We, we adjusted some things to address this opportunity, but all still kind of remaining in full compliance with obviously the standards of accreditation. We, we really took a step back and was like, where can we insert some additional layers to really kind of enhance that opportunity? In addition to that annual program evaluation exercise, we recently really took a deep dive into all of our learning experience descriptions in preparation for an ASHP rare accreditation survey that we recently had. We wanted to ensure that the layout 
and schedule of activities really aligned nicely with the core competency areas, goals, and objectives, along with the residency standard for managed care residencies. I met one-on-one with many of our preceptor team to kind of discuss overall responsibilities for both the preceptors and the residents. We kind of mapped out the expected resident progression within each of those learning experiences and what project opportunities that we could assign to really make sure everything was captured well within the learning experience itself. So I'll kind of have Emily kind of speak to her specific process with setting up the structure with, for her rotation. The idea for the rotation structure came when we were going through this, you know, kind of reevaluation and really thinking about how we could improve you know, each experience. So following one of these like one-on-one preceptor meetings that I had had with Molly in preparation for our upcoming reaccreditation survey, I was comparing, you know, the ASHP's preceptor requirements, right? That they require of a preceptor against my own qualifications to make sure that, you know, everything was in line for that reaccreditation survey. And one requirement that really stood out to me was the requirement that, you know, preceptors must demonstrate an aptitude for teaching that includes mastery of the four preceptor roles, right? Fulfilled when teaching clinical problem solving. And looking at this requirement, it made me think two things really like, how well do I understand these roles of instructing, modeling, coaching, and facilitating? And how well do our residents understand these roles? So, you know, I thought about my role within the residents learning, which is to develop the resident into a teacher who's prepared to precept at a high level, you know, such as within a residency program. So, you know, if ASHP outlines the requirements for residency preceptors, then, you know, why shouldn't we hold the resident to these same standards? As the preceptor for our residency teaching rotation, you know, I felt out of everybody, it was my responsibility to serve you know, as our program's kind of self-assigned expert of the preceptor roles, really make sure that the resident understood these roles at the level that's expected by ASHP. I think that's a great way of weaving the theoretical process into the practical experience for the resident. So I think as you're going through and I'm listening to the different quarters and the different ways that the resident progresses through the preceptorship experience, it sounds like Having students is probably a big part of that because you don't rely on just one student a year or two students a year, but it it really is an ongoing process that they have to be part of the process for. So some residency sites in thinking about those who may be listening and trying to apply this in their own practice may have more or less students to apply practical hands-on experience for their learners. Can you walk us through some expectations for the resident in each quarter? And then how would you adjust the timeline based on student availability and who's in your site during that time? And if you have enough students to cover that experience? Yeah, that's that's a good question, Gina. And I think that's something that we all struggle with as preceptors who precept, you know, a longitudinal rotation, right? So planning a longitudinal rotation is a challenge. No matter how great the plan is, like something's always bound to come up and mess it up. So, you know, we all saw this with the pandemic. I think the beauty of this model is that, you know, it creates a defined structure with distinct checkpoints, but it does allow for great flexibility when things inevitably come and throw us off. I refer to the, you know, quote unquote, like quarters as blocks, right? And the duration of these blocks can be adjusted based on resident workload. And then, you know, the sites offered practical experiences or, you know, the number of students that might have. So our site hosts around 10 students a year. I would say, you know, seven appy students and about three ippy students on average. So 
you know, we are lucky that we have many practical experience opportunities that we can spread out throughout the year. For example, you know, during our quarter two modeling block, we make sure that the resident observes, you know, all of those activities that occur during a student's typical five-week rotation. But, you know, the beauty is that I can spread out these resident observations across multiple students during a two to three month time period, right? So we have the flexibility to ensure the resident completes, you know, the objectives of our modeling block while still understanding and compensating for the resident's other priorities or you know, if we don't have students at that time, we can kind of shift things around. So although the timeline of these blocks are very flexible, you know, I do ensure that the resident completes, you know, quarter three or the coaching block where the resident precepts their own student over the course of the same five-week rotation student. So before the residency year begins, I typically work with Molly and the other preceptors to decide which scheduled student we have would work best for the resident to precept based on the student's scheduled rotations and, you know, their anticipated workload. And then I kind of adjust the other blocks around that one key planned practical experience. Great. Thank you, Emily. I think the structure and the flexibility definitely adds to it. And I'm sure many out there are able to take students on different times of the year. So adjusting that experience for when it works best for the program sounds like would be successful in this case as well. Yeah, definitely. So obviously a lot of the evaluations are going through farm academic and there's a standard requirements from the standards and the required learning objectives. But I think based on how you've structured the precepting experience, there's probably a little bit more depth that can go into the resident assessment. Can you describe your methodology of how do you assess the resident progress throughout the different quarters? Because some of this is a little qualitative in nature as well. You're totally right. In general, we do encourage the preceptor team to schedule what we call frequent checkpoints or check-ins with our residents. And, you know, really it's just a time to sit down and, you know, make sure everybody's aligned, whether that's weekly check-ins, you know, if it's a more condensed rotation or learning experience or monthly checkpoints, depending on, you know, how the progression of the experience is going. But it's really a time to just sit down provide some good formative feedback based on what events and activities the resident has performed to date. So it just really sets everybody up for success. You know, the resident has done activity A, B, and C. Let's create a sit-down environment and really talk through how they did. Is there anything that needs to be changed moving forward, going through the residency that we need, you know, do we need to incorporate some more experiences and that sort of thing? We do encourage the preceptor team to use that expected progression of the resident framework that they have outlined in their descriptions as kind of the meat for those check-ins. You know, are they expect, are they progressing as expected? Do we need to make any adjustments? That sort of thing. And then in addition to that, you know, anytime we can provide that ad hoc feedback in a formative way in farm academic is just wonderful. From my perspective as as a director, it's great to kind of see these comments come in on an ad hoc basis and really kind of meet and regroup with the residents and, and talk about their successes and talk about where those areas of opportunities are. Having these additional checkpoints, you know, within the longitudinal rotation structure can really benefit the resident and the preceptor as well, right? So from a resident perspective, you know, it breaks the year-long objective of learning how to precept into this manageable piece-by-piece goal that has a defined timeline, you know? So on day one of residency, we aren't saying like, well, by the end of the year, you know, you should be able to precept students and that's the expectation, right? 
we are rather providing them, you know, a roadmap of how we're going to get to that endpoint. And from a precepting perspective, you know, having these checkpoints really allows for more focused evaluations throughout the residency year. As a longitudinal rotation, the required farm academic evaluations contain the same objectives throughout the year, right, and are geared more towards, you know, evaluating finalized projects or refined demonstration of a skill. With our model, we aren't just evaluating the resident on their final performance within one project or a single presentation, but we're evaluating the resident's development, you know, of these foundation precepting principles. So in terms of assessment, you know, we evaluate the resident's understanding of the role, as well as their ability to incorporate that role into their own teaching or precepting philosophy. We assess the resident's understanding of each role at the end of each defined block by, you know, utilizing resident self-evaluation feedback regarding their comprehension of each preceptor role. So if the resident feels confident in their fundamental understanding of a role and has completed, you know, the blocks correlating objectives, then they're introduced to the next role. Once the resident is evaluated on their understanding of each individual role, then we evaluate their understanding of the four preceptor roles as a whole, right? By assessing their ability to incorporate and implement those four roles within their teaching and precepting experience, which we typically see during the final block. So this assessment of the resident's ability to demonstrate these roles is also done within their final farm academic evaluation. So that's kind of how we evaluate them throughout and then evaluate them within farm academic of kind of their understanding and ability to incorporate all four of these roles at the end of the rotation. That makes a lot of sense. You're really looking at the whole package and the growth over time versus just the end result, which I think is very helpful for their development as well. And probably for preceptors too, we can all continue improving in that way. Sometimes we forget, you know, as a resident, you get all this feedback and then you get on the real world. And sometimes it's good to have that self-paced feedback too. So speaking of feedback, I think we've talked about the resident evaluation. We've talked about the different stages, the quarter progression, but Let's talk about the flip side on the experience of the resident. So what kind of feedback have you received about this learning system from both your residents and also preceptors who are involved in this experience? Do they usually find it effective? Do they find it helpful? Any good nuggets of information you've received from those who have gone through this? Yeah. So, you know, we've been utilizing this model for a little bit over a year and the feedback that we've received has been very positive from across all people involved in the residency program. So our residents have stated that they appreciate this design because it ensures that teaching and preceptor opportunities are available throughout the entire year within the same practical experience. So providing teaching and preceptorship opportunities within the same practical experience, such as our established APPE student program, really allows the resident to build upon all four preceptor roles within the same context, which is really important. So as a resident, most of residency year consists of residents feeling out of their element, right? We immerse residents into new experiences every six or eight weeks. And once they kind of get a handle on things, we take them out and again, immerse them into something brand new. You know, so by having this consistent practical experience within one specific area, it really creates the opportunity for the resident to get comfortable and gain confidence as they progress throughout the year. 
as a preceptor for this rotation, I have the privilege to observe residents' confidence progress through these teaching roles and then see it translate across the residents' overall performance. Our residency advisory committee, along with preceptors outside of this rotation, have all observed overall increases in resident confidence as the resident progresses into that coaching and facilitating block of the rotation and really begin to teach and precept independently. We've also received positive feedback regarding the rotation design from peers, you know, outside of UPMC that have been interested in it as a way to incorporate the four preceptor roles into resident learning. And we've also had good feedback from programs that were interested in utilizing this model to offer more in-house teaching and preceptor experiences, you know, on that longitudinal basis throughout the entire year. It's great to hear how residents do experience this rotation and they do feel the growth and also nice to hear that there's peer interest in expanding this. And I think that's the whole point of sharing this experience as well. But I think this brings us to my next question for you guys. As a residency program who's looking to implement this model, can you tell us a little bit about maybe some challenges you faced in building the program or things that they should anticipate and how you handled them? I also imagine that the pandemic had a strong impact in changing a little bit of that model. So help us navigate some of those challenges that maybe might be helpful to others modeling this rotation system. Yeah, I mean, so thankfully, knock on wood, we haven't encountered any major challenges yet, but I think that's because this rotation design aims, you know, not only to increase learning outcomes, but also to kind of prevent some challenges that we've experienced in the past by creating a structured and formalized learning experience. In terms of the rotation design, I drew a lot from my personal experiences and, and, you know, the challenges that I faced in precepting our site's Appy students during the pandemic. So, you know, our Appy program, along with our residency program, went from on-site to 100% remote overnight. So from those challenges and scrambling to adjust schedules, you know, I realized the importance of having multiple opportunities for resident learning spaced throughout the year to prevent major setbacks. For example, if as a preceptor for the teaching rotation and, you know, the whole rotation experience was hinged on utilizing just one pharmacy student for the resident to achieve all of their objectives and that one pharmacy student canceled the day before rotation started, like what would happen? you know, that's kind of like my nightmare. And so the reason of designing this was to prevent that from happening and prevent us from putting all of our teaching opportunity eggs in one basket, you could say, right, by providing these kind of spaced out practical opportunities throughout the year that were focused around the different preceptor roles. So thankfully, our residency program does offer our residents the opportunity to obtain their teaching certificate through the University of Pittsburgh. So we have ample opportunities for practical and preceptorship experiences. We implement this rotation design, you know, in combination with additional outside opportunities as well to make sure and allow the resident to learn from many different preceptors. And it also provides us with a hands-on approach to ensure that our program is successfully providing our residents with the strong foundation and understanding of the four preceptor roles uh, to make sure that they're prepared to precept up to ASHP's standards following graduation. I would say one minor challenge that we encountered along with other residency programs was, you know, how do we tackle remote precepting? As I said, our student and residency programs went from in-person to remote overnight, which meant 
we as preceptors not only had to adapt to the new way of precepting, but also get comfortable pretty quick in that remote preceptor role so that we could help residents and students adapt as well. We found that, you know, use of already available technology really helped us to feel more connected to our residents and students. And I say already available technology because I am far from a tech guru, but I did find new ways to, you know, utilize the programs that I was already familiar with, such as Teams, to really assist with the remote learning. So, for example, we created an Appy Student Teams channel to replace the circulating rotation binder that consisted of 100 plus pages that we used to give to students on day one of rotation and pass from student to student. We utilize Microsoft Forms now, you know, to collect anonymous feedback instead of collecting anonymous paper evaluations. And we also have gotten more comfortable turning our cameras on, you know, during one-on-one meetings to promote those natural connections that take place in person to ensure that, you know, the resident and students, you know, still feel connected to us. So we also realized, you know, the importance of communication and setting expectations in a remote environment. Since remote residents, you know, can't model professional behavior that they see around them in an office setting, clear expectations need to be set by the preceptor, especially regarding scheduling and time management. I'm glad to see that the difficulties of COVID actually brought some good growth in the program. I think from our perspective too, within ASHP, we turned a lot of our rotations virtual and we found that maybe the orientation materials are better housed online and activities that we did before in paper had to be modernized a little bit. So it helped us personally. So I think as we're coming here towards the end of our podcast, for any programs looking to implement something similar, do you have any final wisdom or final thoughts you'd like to share? Like you just said, Gina, kind of drawing from the challenges and things that we face to make a program better is always great. And so I encourage other programs to kind of do that as well. But, you know, I think in the future, we would like to see how this model can be implemented into other practical experiences right outside of at the rotation students. So in the future, it's a goal of ours to build out this model for incorporation in other learning experiences or longitudinal project opportunities. So We would really love to see how this could be used in different residency settings, you know, maybe in sites that don't have student rotation and instead utilize recurring, you know, interdepartmental educational trainings or or CE presentations as that focused educational initiative for the rotation. Yeah, so expanding the longitudinal experiences beyond, and it definitely allows for more growth, right, rather than the bursts of exposure. Yeah, exactly. Well, wonderful. Thank you so very much, Emily and Molly. This has been extremely insightful as we're looking for new ideas and ways to teaching to teach our residents about different work experiences and skills. So unfortunately, we have neared the end of our time with the podcast today, but I did want to thank you for joining us, for sharing your preceptor roles and how residents have learned and grown and how your program has evolved to help residents become proficient preceptors. For those of you listening, if you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's Education Resource Center. You can find member-exclusive offerings such as the Preceptor Toolkit, the Research Resource Center, and then also use ASHP Connect through our education community to share and exchange ideas with your peers and learn more about innovative ways that they're developing in their practices. So thank you again for tuning in to this episode of Educator Essentials. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and be sure to subscribe to ASHP as your favorite podcast provider. 
Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.